Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and today on our show, we have the Chief Diversity Officer for Agape Hospice, Ronnie Duncan. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. It's great to have you. Uh, we've uh, we've done another podcast we're getting ready to release here uh, with you as well. And um, we're excited to have you and talk about diversity. And Ronnie, I want you, for our guests listening, I want you to explain what you do for Agape Hospice exactly. We, we hear diversity. We hear Chief Diversity Officer. What does that include? What do you what do? You do? Well, Jamie, there there's several different um, takes that you could look at this. Um, one of the things you have to look at um, right off the bat is strategic planning um, from our for our company um, and with the diversity process. And so basically what that means is having a relationship with uh, senior management and making sure that the strategic plan for what they have put together lines up with uh, a lot of different other variables. In other words, making sure that we are hiring the right people, making sure that we are uh, re- doing retention and, and employee engagement. And so my job is really that middle piece. So you have the workforce and then you have senior leadership. And my job is to make sure that that bridge in between as far as the communication is done uh, properly. So uh, I I have a lot of um, invested uh, time and resources uh, into making sure that both sides play fairly, if you will. Right. Absolutely. So let's let's see. Let's get into the bare bones here. What is diversity all about? Well, diversity basically is about managing or uh, educating different people on the, the talents that people have and then making sure that there's uh, room enough for them to play. Within the work of diversity, there are, there are really three words that we talk about. Um, there's the word diversity, and then there's the word equity, and then there's the word inclusion. And what happens a lot of times is People don't, when they hear the word diversity, they automatically start to think about race and they start to think about, you know, who's getting what privilege and who's not getting what privilege. And the reality of it is uh, the definition, of course, that we use when we're talking about diversity is we use the definition from uh, Robert, uh, excuse me, from Roosevelt Thomas Jr. Uh, His definition is there are a mixture of similarities and differences. Basically meaning that you can walk into any room, you can walk into any convenience store, uh, any store and have a diverse population of people who have some similarities to each other and then also have some differences about each other. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is that you may not have everybody included in the process. Right. And so equity helps with that process and helping the, the ground be impartial, regardless of how you got to the table. You are eligible and able to eat from the table. Yeah. So I think a lot of people just assume we're talking about race, but it's much broader than that. It is much, much broader. Explain than where, what kind of diversity we're talking about here. Well, you, you have different diversities for as when you look from a um, EEOC perspective, the Employment um, Equal Employment uh, Commission, uh, you, you look at their criteria and they're, they're talking about age. They're talking about uh, sexual orientation. They're talking about harassment. They're talking about pregnancy. So they're talking about different things that affect an, uh, an individual's uh, ability to be employed. 
but beyond that, uh, out in the community, you're talking about at that point, you're talking about race relations. How then do people get along with each other? How then do I have an opportunity to go into a store and not be followed? Or, you know, so it's really a, a two sided coin or, or multiple multiple side coin. When you look at this process, um, it's my economic development of my employment and then how I am within my society um, treated with diversity and inclusion and when we turn on the news, of course, there are multiple things uh, that you can see that speak to diversity and inclusion yeah. and multiple um, companies and organizations that are being affected, sometimes really by things that they had uh, no control over. It's just kind of dropped in their lap and they had to deal with it. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So is this really just an American issue? Is this a world thing? No, it's global. It's global, really, especially I guess you're talking about America um, with the with the population uh, uh, tendency that's coming. Uh, they say that the population of, of our United States will change in the next 20 to 30 years. And, you know, so the, 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 what needs to happen is more uh, industries, more companies need to look like the population that we're going to be. You can't wait five years from now and try to get ready you should really have already been in this work doing the work yeah so it's a really a kind of a forward thinking you know decision to have somebody like you on, on on a team that's really looking out for the organization very much so very what much are, what are what are some things that you've experienced in your own personal life through through your work history where you've ex, you've seen some discrimination or you've seen or you felt or, or, or another story of somebody you know who's dealt with this? Well, I mean, when I first got um, the opportunity to be in this work, um, I, I immediately was not clear of what I was going to do or what I was called to do. And so I, I started, you know, looking within myself and looking within uh, my resources or things that I have been a part of. And I actually was I found within my own self, within my own family, if you will, um, that there were several cases uh, on both sides of my parents' um, uh, relatives. Uh, one was a uh, my my mother's brother, uh, who was in Texas and who uh, was in the military, mm -hmm. and he was in the place where he was uh, had an opportunity to be promoted within within the service of the army, and he took the test met with the, those persons that were to make their decisions, actually got the position um, in a higher rank. And there was a gentleman within his, um, his within his uh, uh, platoon who didn't feel that he was qualified and that feel that he was, um, he, he deserved the, the, the position. And he basically said that he did not deserve it because he was African-American. And they uh, were out one night, you know, the whole gang of, of soldiers were out one night, and then all of a sudden, um, my uncle was killed. Uh, wow. But this particular gentleman felt that he deserved that position more. And so I think at the time I was about five years old, five, six years old, and I you know, vaguely remember my mother and my grandmother having to um, go to Texas and 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 you know take care of the necessary arrangements and and meet you know w with the officials about that you know so it, it 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 when you look at that from uh from a personal perspective it it drives this process home mm -hmm. um because it's like you you wouldn't have expected something like that to happen within your family 
But the reality of it is, when it comes to race, um, nobody's you know left out of the equation. Yeah, and, and which leads me to my next question here for you is, does diversity initiatives include, say, someone like me, white males? You know, uh, does it include everybody in in this? Yes, diversity. When when you look at the whole process of diversity, inclusion, and equity, it has to include everybody. Mm-hmm. This cannot be on the backs of one man, one race, uh, one gender. It has to be in, in a collaborative effort from everybody, yeah. um, and everybody has to be willing to talk and communicate with each other, and and being able to share. And the reality of it is, sometimes it's sharing some things that are very difficult and very hard to swallow. But with that being said, um, it gets us moving toward a, a better end. Um, Napoleon Hill has this, uh, this, this in his book called the, um, the Laws of Success, and he talks about having this uh, place where you can have harmony with people and have harmony with uh, a situation. And he talks about creating this mastermind. And I think that's the thing that we're going to have to look at when we're talking about diversity and inclusion uh, within our not only within our organization, but within a whole, within our society, is figuring out where we can have that master mind of harmony with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think we all feel it. We all, you know, people, you know, on social media, they're reading about it, they're hearing stories. We all, and I think in our world, things that just get so polarized so fast when people hear these hot, hot button topics that, you know, which diversity can be a hot button topic, depending on who you're talking to. And, and I just think it's so necessary that we do this. And so, so tell me why, you know, I, I know I have my opinions why, but tell me why our companies that we work for and our organizations that we're a part of need diversity training. Diversity training is um, very essential because it puts us in a position where even though I may have my my biases, it puts me in a position where I have to not only um, review my biases, but I have to also understand that there are other people who have biases and then from there communicate. And if I don't understand and the reality of it is sometimes people don't understand their uh, their biases completely. Their biases are basically uh, snapshots of other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so they don't fully understand who they are as a person. So they take these snapshots of, of things that they have experienced and things that they've heard other people interpret. And then they create that to be around their life and their their um, their belief. And so with us, one of the things that we constantly have to continuously do is train people not on just cultural competency, but just how to treat people with, you know, decency and respect. Mm -hmm. And and going from there, um, treating people and and knowing how to uh, just talk to people. You know, it, it, you know, I had, I had a, um, one of the young ladies that I'm coaching with around diversity and and, and inclusion work. and, And she was like, so what do I do? I said, talk to the person. Don't, associate that individual with the group I said because even though they may be within the group you know they are still a person and and when you're looking at diversity work you're talking about a uh, a preliminary um, uh, what's the word a preliminary uh, dimension of a person Mm -hmm. and then you're talking about a secondary uh, in other words what I mean preliminary is if you look at the skin color 
that's obvious of who that person may be mm-hmm. to a degree. But then if you start looking at my beliefs and my religion and you start looking at what I what I what, what my philosophies are. Well, you don't know that until you start talking to me. Yeah. And what happens a lot of times is we have those preliminary beliefs or this preliminary dimension that people look at and they off to the races and they're starting mm-hmm. and they've created this whole genre of what this individual is about. And the reality is they don't even know the person at all. But once they start talking to them, then they start to realize, wow, that's an awesome person. I think it's just so dangerous to assume. It is. Just to assume you think you know what that person's about and what they're like. I think the fun of it should be just getting to know each other and and being able to have a conversation. I think that's what we're lacking in our country right now. We're not able to have conversations. Right. We're, we're, we're yelling, we're screaming, we're, we're typing, you know? Um, and I see, I read these conversations and I'm just like, wow, where have we gone to where we can't discuss and we can't have a civil debate and, and civil conversation around tough topics. We should be able to do that. And yeah. I, we, yeah. We've gotten to a place where we are 144 characters mm. and typing it in an Instagram or a text now. message. And Twitter, Twitter raised it a while back. It's 244. Oh, we're 244 oh, yeah, now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you can shout now. Ah, so. so you can really <laughs> let it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, do you think, you know, um, and I hope this isn't true, but do you think, you know, diversity work and inclusion work is kind of a fad or a political, politically correct thing to do right now or, you know, that business are, are picking up or is it, do you think it's here to stay? Uh, I think diversity work has always been um, prevalent and I think it is here to stay. I, I really do not think it's a fad. If any business plans on being in business and being profitable at that business, um, if you have not already made the necessary steps to deal with diversity and inclusion and equity in some form or fashion, you probably aren't planning on being in business. So by no stretch, is this a fad? Because there are so many variables to the equation yeah. that goes with this. I mean, again, when you're looking at it and you're talking about race, but then beyond that, you're talking about economic development, you know, and that's a whole nother ball game when you're talking about this whole process. Yeah, and I, I think I think anybody should be able to sit with anybody at the table. I think you would think. You would think. You would think. But somebody who economically isn't, you know, uh, somebody who's making $40,000 a year should be able to sit with a billionaire, you know, should be able to sit with, you know, anybody, you know? Um, but our world is, is so it's, and it's not, it's not like this is a new thing, right? It's, we're just now starting to put words to it and we're starting to put uh, a message to it and, and, and working it. And I think that's, what's so needed. And it's just really neat. But let me ask you this. Isn't diversity just a new look for affirmative action and equal employment opportunities? No, no, no. That That's a slippery slope to, that, that, that you could go down. And it definitely it's not a new route or a new uh, genre for um, affirmative action mm. or anything such as that. It, it, to look at the real process, I mean, of course, there are legal uh, mandates to this whole process. And when you look at diversity, again, from the economic perspective, mm-hmm. uh, if I am not given an opportunity to even uh, I can apply for a job 
and have all the skills to be uh, available for the job. But if I'm not getting the opportunity to uh, work that job, then my level of economic development is is hindered. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there there is some of that in the process of it. But it's far beyond that. When you're talking about this whole process, you're looking at innovation. You're looking at new ideas that are being offered to the process. And, you know, if everybody in the group thinks alike, then what are the chances that we're going to actually come up with new uh, innovative ideas? Because everybody's going to think the same thing. Yeah. And so this process of diversity and inclusion has an opportunity where we can be innovative. We can have new levels of thought because uh, I I have two um, Two, th- two trains of thought for myself is I, I come from the from the thought of uh, your experience and your interpretation. And beyond that, there's nothing else. And that, that's just mean that, that doesn't mean anybody else have to believe that. But it's your experience based on what you have been through. And then it's your interpretation on your experience on what you've mm-hmm. been through and or what you've heard somebody with influence say to you. Yeah. And so you know, this process of going through uh, speaking just to an affirmative action, if I talk to you, if I talk to someone of a different race, of a different ethnicity, um, or a different gender, or, or a different belief, I sometimes find new things out about myself that I would have never known because of that person's experience yeah. and because of that person's interpretation of life. And so, you know, this whole process is not a fad. It is not yeah. uh, affirmative action, um, you know, <laughs> only, yeah. um, but it is a part of the process. It really is. I, I have no doubt. And I think it's, uh, w- I don't think we can move forward without it. I think we have to have it in today's society. And I think you're right. It, it does. I think it helps us sustain innovation. I mm-hmm. think. And, and then also, I think, too, I think it's we're able to challenge each other. Right. Challenge each other's thoughts. I think we've lost that sometimes. I love to be challenged. I love hearing a new idea. Mm -hmm. I like hearing stuff that I don't even agree with. Right. But, you know, I may change over time, you know, and and that's what I love. You know, and me and you, we've we've been friends for a while and, and we know each other. And I love that you were raised differently than I did. I was. And I love that you have different ideas. And and I think that's where that's the beauty of this thing is really the outcome of what of what happens through diversity is we all are made better individually, organizationally. I think we're all made better when we really buy into this and we really move forward thinking about this and, and understanding it. So I love it. So. You know, thinking about this, Ronnie, and all the work that you're doing for Agape Hospice, doesn't diversity work take time and resources, though? I mean, more importantly, you know, work like quality and customer service, that all takes time and resources to train and to, you know, diversity is a whole nother ball game. You know, doesn't that take resources? It, it does take resources and it does take time. Um, you know, part of my uh, responsibilities that I uh, didn't mention at the beginning is Within internally, uh, I have to create uh, educational opportunities for our employees to understand uh, cultural competency. Um, what does diversity mean? What does equity mean? And and then also do this here, which is the podcast, so mm-hmm. that we can talk about this. Not only um, be educated about it, but talk about it. And so it does take time, but it's. 
to me, it is well invested time. It's not wasted time. Yes, the um, uh, customer service, because I think one of the things if we realize if we learn how to talk to people who are different than us, if I learn to make the mistakes in-house, in, if you will, if I learn to make the mistakes in front of the computer looking at a question or looking at a statement that may differ from me, it gives me the opportunity to get it right before I get into the presence or in the face of those that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. And so having the educational moment, having the podcast, having those opportunities to hear a different voice um, m- m- makes the investment worthy, yeah. if you will. Yeah. You know, so what's in it for everybody in, in those, these organizations that they're putting this first, they're, they're making this a priority uh, of diversity and inclusion. What's in it for the typical employee? Well, automatically you're going to have a diverse population. Even if you had the same race of individuals in a room, you're going to have diversity of thought. But the reality of it is when you have a, a group of people, you're going to have diversity of thought. You're going to have diversity of of of, of of ideas. So the reality, what is it in, what is in it for you? Um, it depends on if you create an inclusive background. It, it, it depends on if you create an inclusive environment. In other words, the in, inclusive environment says that, um, Dilute puts out these numbers. Dilute says that an, uh, an organization that has an inclusive background is two times uh, more likely to have a, a financial, or in other words, they're more likely to hit their financial targets and exceed mm-hmm. that. They also say that uh, an inclusive background uh, is more likely to have a higher performance, three times more higher to have a performance, their performance of their employees to wow. be higher. They also say that, and this is the last one, they say that they're six times more likely to have more innovative ideas come forth. And so What's in it for me is I get to be around people who may be able to solve the problem that I work with on a day to day basis. But they're sitting across from me. They're sitting, you know, uh, adjacent to me. And I've never said anything to them. But once I bring them to the table, because, again, because of their experience and because of their interpretation of things, they may be able to answer my problem. So whether it's an accounting problem, whether it's a, a, a nursing problem, mm-hmm. no matter whatever your issue is, talking to people of different race, different ethnicities, different genders may help solve your problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Who wouldn't want to have somebody available that you can talk to that may be able to solve your problems. I don't think anybody really wants to struggle, but there is somebody that could probably solve your problem. And having a conversation, Mm. as simple as something as that, having a conversation could solve and make work easier. So if anything, work could be easier. Yeah. And that sounds awesome. I love that. (laughs) Nobody, I don't think anybody really wants to work hard. I take the hard route. You know, if you if you can take the easy route, easy road, and and this and honestly, diversity working through these issues is not easy. Right, it is definitely a challenge. Uh, you know, give us some of the successes you've you've already seen. Uh, is there any any stories that you've already you know you know witnessed that we're already seeing some momentum? One of the things that we have um, that we've started thus far is uh, what's called the business resource group or the BRGs. Um, we we 
we've reached out to our uh, workforce and asked them if there was an, uh, a group of people who, regardless of who they were, whether they were veterans, whether they were LGBT community, whether they were African-American women, uh, young professionals. And so what we've been able to do in doing that is we've have the LGBT community who have come together um, and they have said, yes, we want to be a part of this diversity and inclusion work. And here's how we're going to do it. And so, of course, we had to, you know, make it all look good. Uh, and then also we have the um, uh, a corporate um, corporate culture group, which is a bunch of young uh, millennials. And then we have uh, some Gen X's in there. And then we have uh, the silent generation. So it's a mixture, a hodgepodge, if you will, uh, of generations coming together. And we're talking about different issues. I, I sit in on some of those discussions and, and we talk about company issues and how that generation looks at it. Um, and, and how they they see addressing issues. And then, of course, you know, we take those issues back to senior leadership. And, you know, we, we do that. Just recently, that corporate culture group um, did a presentation. And so they um, they expressed their ideas. And, again, the reality of it is some of their ideas will get used and some won't just because of timing. Or some of them may or may not, you know, be, be, be the issues that we need to deal with. But the whole purpose of the um, business resource group is to allow them to have a voice. And I think that helps with the engagement. And I think that's helped with the, the, the area of inclusion, allowing the employees not to just do their job, but have a voice and have an actual um, uh, an actual part in building the company and building the organization where it needs to be, as opposed to just being told. And I think one of the things we can uh, attest to, and you can attest to personally, is we're giving very little uh, instructions. It's like, here's what I want you to do. Now go figure it out. And and to some people, that's very scary. But we found, you know, and, and I found in my last seven years of seven and a half years of being here, that's actually rewarding because I get to build if, if it doesn't work, then it's on me, you know, and if it doesn't work. It's on the people that, that are in the group. And I think everybody takes the necessary steps to make it work and buy into it. It definitely takes a level of bravery yes. to open yourself up, to be vulnerable um, in this process, uh, to say, you know what? I'm here to learn. Right. I'm here to give, but I'm also here to receive and I'm here to learn. Right. And, and I think that's just huge. Yeah. One of the things that um, uh, when we were taking my son out um, looking for colleges, one of the things that one of the universities that we visited, uh, Morehouse University, uh, the, the tour guide was like, uh, when we graduate, we take our tassels and we, we put them over to the side, but then we automatically take them and put them back. He says, because we are forever learners. And that so stuck with me when I when I took him there because I am a forever learner. And I think this diversity work is not something that you you are one and done. You pin down, you can paint a room and say, hey, I'm done. It is something that you're constantly looking at. You're reviewing because you're looking and you, you have people's lives in, in your hands, mm -hmm. um, you know, and just because you're not in the chief diversity uh, role doesn't mean you don't have people's lives in your hand. Every one of us within this organization, within other organizations, regardless of what it may be, you have people's lives in your hand and how you treat them. You know, the golden rule is if do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, you know, and so it's just a matter of making sure that everybody is treated fairly. Yeah, absolutely. Good deal. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. 
thank you so much for your work. Thank you for what you're doing um, at Agape Hospice. And, um, and thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We have a few things coming up that we want you to be aware of. The first thing is our social worker driving. The symposium will be at the Baptist Church of Beaufort in the social hall directly across the street from the church. Social workers will be able to earn up to five CEU credits, all for the low price of $50 per person. And this includes lunch. To register, you can go to www.ltchs.com forward slash LTCU. We encourage you to get registered right away for this great symposium. If you have questions or need more information, please email Susan Lutheran at S-L-U-T-H-R-E-N at ltchs.com. The second thing we want to tell you about is our Community Leadership Assembly. This happens on the first Monday of the month in Columbia, South Carolina at 1626 Main Street from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You will be inspired and learn from great teachers while getting to network with people from all over South Carolina. LTC administrators and social workers can earn up to three CEU credits at this event. You don't want to miss it. The only cost for this event is $10 and that includes lunch. So we want to see you there. Thanks so much for listening today and let's keep learning.